Timberwolves idle back home after a good win over New Orleans and an ugly loss to Houston earlier in the week. Uh, they get Memphis on Friday night. Uh, we'll get started at 6 o'clock with our coverage. And then uh, the Sacramento Kings, who've been really a big surprise in the NBA this year, come in on Saturday night. Our coverage beginning at 6.30. And a man who covers the Timberwolves for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com, Jace Frederick. Jace, how you been? Hey, Steve. No complaints. How about with you? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I do have a complaint. That Let's hear it. game against Houston on Monday night was, wow, mind-boggling, really. Yeah, mind-boggling. At the same time, not all that unexpected. We've just seen those types of performances against like the worst teams in the NBA for Minnesota yeah. all season. Uh, this team does... Like it does seem to have a little bit of a sense of entitlement, as though like it can just show up against uh, the worst teams the league has to offer and and win based on talent alone. And and it's found out multiple times that's not the case, but it doesn't seem to have like a great impact. Now, to their credit, they do show up and they play hard against you know uh, some of the better teams in, in the NBA. But the fact that they do not do that uh, when when the opponent is below them in the standings, I think is kind of infuriating for fans. Yeah, it is. The the two games against Detroit stand out. That game against Houston, we we did a deeper dive on the standings and how crazy it is. You know, ten teams in the NBA's Western Conference separated by what three games in the standings? I think from uh, four down to thirteen, where the LA Lakers sit. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So so in reality, you can say, well, you know, it's just one night of eighty two. By the time we get to the end of March, those losses to the likes of Detroit and Houston are really going to sting then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that has six losses against the bottom four teams in the NBA, Charlotte, San Antonio, Houston, Detroit. Uh, it's those are, those are absolutely, like, like you just mentioned, things are so tight. There's a really good chance come April, like, you know, three games could easily be the difference between being the sixth seed or being you know the nine seed and having to win two playing games uh it, it it's that tight right now like all these teams within three games of one another i mean we're looking at a at a situation where you know three of them are going to miss the postseason altogether four of them are going to play in the play and then one of these 10 teams is going to host a first round playoff series and like it's probably going to be a pretty slim margin the way things have played out all season so like you know those six losses right there certainly will have an impact on minnesota and even if they are able to push through here and play good basketball down the stretch, they've already made things much harder on themselves than they needed to be. Jace Frederick joins us, and of course, uh, Jace covers the Timberwolves for the Pioneer Press and joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline tonight. The Timberwolves get two in a row at home against two of the top teams so far in the NBA's Western Conference. Mentioned uh, the Grizzlies and Kings coming in, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But with this Timberwolves team, it's kind of been one thing after another that slow start to training camp. They weren't able to get the group together, and then they were pretty healthy early on. But Cat and Rudy Gobert, there was they they just really weren't on the same page, and that starting group really struggled. And then Cat goes down with an injury. Still no timetable for his return. Rudy Gobert has been out of the lineup, but it's still been awkward with with Gobert. They 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 haven't kind of figured out how this is going to work night in and night out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's 
it's a pretty big difference, right, when you have Rudy Gobert in there and he's playing a certain brand of basketball. They switch things up defensively. Like, they start play to lean more towards one pick-and-roll scheme when he's in there and another one when he's out. Nas Reed is a very different offensive player from Rudy Gobert. So guys are just constantly adjusting. There's not a whole lot of familiarity, comfort, consistency uh, with Gobert kind of popping in and out of the lineup. Even when Gobert's off the court and Nasri's in, just like subbing in, I mean, things just change so drastically. I think it has been really tough for guys. And like Anthony Edwards is a guy who likes to play largely with open space and, and an open floor, and Gobert isn't really conducive for that. And, you know, guys have adjust, had to adjust to the idea of like, okay, Gobert is not going to be able to get back in transition at the same rate as everybody else because he's offensive rebounding and he's just not quite as fleet of foot. So, like, guys have had to realize the onus is more on them to get back on defense. A lot of things um, that, that you have to change in your game because Gobert's out there. And if you do that, your team can be better for it. Uh, but but these changes have taken time, and the lack of consistency in the lineup, I think, has caused it to take even more time. And, and now, Steve, frankly, I'm really interested in – I think they're finding in January here some type of, I don't know, rhythm, or, or they're at least finding ways to win games. And now you mentioned how tight things are in the standings. At some point here, Carl Anthony Towns is going to come back. And there were many times where it looked ugly early in the season uh, with, yeah. with the whole starting lineup in there. They never figured it out, really. So now you're going to try to start that process all over again in a stretch of games where you can't really afford to drop you know, a long stretch of games and, and cause yourself to plummet down the standings. So that reintegration process is going to be very interesting. And I think it's going to be a, a pretty delicate dance for Chris Finch to do from the head coaching position. Well, yeah, and getting back into the swing of things when, you know, these guys that have been playing regularly have 50 or 60 games under their belt and Cat hasn't been able to do much at all, just just getting back into game shape is going to be a huge challenge. So, yeah, it, it, it is going to be a very difficult adjustment, and let's hope that, you know, the Timberwolves have to deal with it at some point. But, once again, at the moment, still no news on when, when Cat would be – you know, on the comeback trail. So the old no timetable for his return. Yeah. And that's, what's interesting is, you know, like Carl on his Twitch stream, uh, you know, like last week or so mentioned that, Oh, this was a grade three calf strain when originally like the timeline presented lined up more with a grade two calf strain. And that would be four to six weeks. And the grade three is two to three months, but you know, we're even coming up on two months, like Sunday. Um, so like, that's, what's interesting is, Still, the idea that we haven't seen much as far as return to court uh, just for workouts or anything, like we're up to two months now, um, so you would like to think that he's progressing towards something. Uh, so that's it is a little bit alarming, I think, that, that there has been so such little news, so few updates. Even Chris Finch gets asked about it a lot. Now they're probably a little tentative in trying to pull the trigger on updates because you don't want to put the wrong thing out there. But, uh, yeah, I, I, there's not much clarity on this, and now we are two months into this. Uh, that. That's a little bit surprising. I, I I think if just a fan, if you're just guessing, like I think maybe as they come back from the All Star break, it's just a logical time, and that's still about three weeks away. So uh, we're a little ways out probably here from a Carl Anthony Towns return. And, and another key guy in all of this who really proved to be an important piece in that playoff series against Memphis, Jordan McLaughlin, another guy, no timetable for his return, and there have been games uh, that he would have been uh, – it would have been very helpful to have him in the lineup. Yeah, he's just such a guy who 
he conducts an offense that plays with pace and ball movement. And there have been so many nights where Minnesota misses that. And he makes real effort plays. And there have been so many nights where Minnesota misses that. And frankly, like, I think it's kind of insane that Minnesota, you know, they, they came into the season with two point guards. And one went down and one's been down for a long time here. So they've just been playing with one point guard on the roster. And there have been many nights where I think that crushed them. Um, so the fact that they didn't ever sign anybody else, um, you know, just really bringing any other options, I think was a little confusing just given how long Jordan McLaughlin's been out because I think another point guard would have been, it would have been advantageous to roster one um, on certain nights yeah. where it was clear that that was needed when D'Angelo Russell had to sit on the bench uh, for any reason. So I, I think that's coming back to bite them. And, and McLaughlin, it's another calf strain. So maybe they just misjudged his timeline. Uh, but, you know, like, like you said, there's been no update there. And it, I don't think it surprised anybody if McLaughlin also isn't back until after the All-Star break. So Towns and McLaughlin with similar injuries and, and both have sidelined them for well north of 20 games now. We will get into Ant, we promise, but uh, we got to talk about D'Angelo Russell as well. And and maybe this is the Timberwolves season uh, summed up in one guy. You just have no idea what you're going to get out of D'Angelo Russell night in and night out, and you can say that about the Timberwolves. Look at the two games this week. Just a dreadful performance against Houston. I, I just didn't talk to a Timberwolves fan or anybody I follow on social media or read their work like yours that weren't super frustrated by that. And then they come back and get a nice win, even though Zion didn't play for the New Orleans Pelicans. Still a nice win. And I think that that's kind of deal. Some nights it's like, boy, this guy can really play. And then there's other nights, it's, man, this is not good. Yeah, I think part of that is just kind of what he brings to the floor. Like, we've seen the shooting. It's been pretty great here for about two months. I, I was just looking through some numbers today, and I think since December 1st um, of, of guys who take a large volume of shots, more than 300 shots in that span, D'Angelo Russell is like fourth in the NBA among that group of players in, in true shooting percentage. Um, so that's great, but at the same time, then, of like the top 30, there are only like six guys with a negative net rating, so who are – who their team is getting outscored when they're on the court, and D'Angelo Russell is in that group. So, like, that's where the inconsistency lies. Is like, even when he's hitting shots, he's just kind of it, – it's not great in other areas. Uh, defense, rebounding, whatever the case may be, like maybe his production isn't always conducive for great offense for the team. Um, and then when the shots aren't falling, then those things kind of compound on one another. So I think just at his core, he's always going to be an inconsistent player because he doesn't do the things that cause you to be productive when the shot's not falling. Um, so – that, that's just kind of who he is at this point in his career. I think that's the type of player he's going to be. I don't really see that changing. And, and Minnesota now has to evaluate as they head into the trade deadline and beyond. Like, what is the value of that type of player? Is that the type of player we want, you know, manning our point guard position? Because certainly there are nights where he wins you games, but there are also nights where he's losing them for you as well. Yeah, when, when the Timberwolves went into the offseason, I was just flat-out convinced that there's no way they'd go into the 22-23 season with D'Angelo Russell, that they would make a move. And ultimately, he, here he is, and that, that could certainly change, as you brought up, Jace. But that, that was puzzling to me, considering uh, that he wasn't on the floor at crunch time in Game 6. To me, that spoke volumes. Yeah, I, I think it did for me as well. But I think, you know, the new front office comes in and, and certainly they did explore any, you know, D'Angelo Russell trade market and it was tepid. And I don't think they wanted to pull the type of trigger on a deal where they're giving up assets just to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. I'm, I think that, you know, I think 
front offices are pretty hesitant to make those types of moves um, where you have to pay extra to give someone away. And then I do think that they had optimism that Rudy Gobert and that type of screener and that type of pick-and-roll big man would be advantageous for Russell. And certainly we haven't seen the chemistry between Russell and Gobert um, to this point yet that I think Minnesota was hoping for. So I don't know if it's had the desired effect. Um, but I do think now with this front office, they've seen 50 games now of what D'Angelo Russell looks like. They watch him on a night-to-night basis. And I think the trade deadline will give us a pretty good indication as to how they feel um, about how he fits now that they've had a chance to see it. Because it is different seeing a player sometimes. You scout him a little bit. You look at their numbers. But you don't watch them on the floor every single night. I think that that goes a long way towards getting a true evaluation for, for a new front office coming in and making decisions on players. So. Maybe I buried the lead because we, we talked about Cat's injury and Jordan McLaughlin and the, the Rudy Gobert thing and the inconsistent play and got into D'Angelo Russell. But Anthony Edwards, um, huge bright spot. And and to finish on a positive, to talk about you know what, what Ant brings and what he, what he brings. You know, I, I love players, whatever the sport, whatever the level, that, that play the game with, with joy, and you get that sense from him, and that's fun. It is. I, I think he's done just about everything that you could hope he would do in terms of, A, he's played every game, um, and that's huge. It's, it's, a, it's a rarity in today's NBA, and he certainly played through some bumps and bruises, and there are yes. nights where I think even he thought he wasn't going to give it a go, but then he decided to. Um, he's played every game. He's playing you know, he's got a ton on his shoulders. Uh, they're putting a lot on him offensively. He has the ball in his hands more than ever before. Uh, defensively, it's starting now. We're late in games in the fourth quarter. He's guarding the other team's best player because they feel like that gives them the best chance to win as a team. Um, and he's taking on that challenge. And then the leadership aspect. There's not a night where we walk into the locker room after home games and he's not getting some important message to some teammate. Um, and, and, and you can see, like, the way guys gravitate to him because of his personality and and then I think also, though, like his voice, like it just means something when he says things. Um, and, and after game and post-game interviews, he's always shouting out some other teammates. So, like, leadership, his offensive game is growing. You know, he's out there every single night. Like, I think as a 21-year-old face of a franchise, he's really shined brightly. And I think there are a lot of reasons for concern or, or maybe some disgruntled fans just thinking about all they gave up for Rudy Gobert and and the, re- the return on investment hasn't been there. But I think you can look at – you can screw a lot of things up, and it can still be okay at the end of the day because you have Anthony Edwards. And I think that that's kind of where a lot of Wolves fans are at. Even when you're frustrated with this team, it's hard to be yeah. frustrated watching number one play right now. Yeah, and, and that that's and – the, and they're still 25 and 25 because when Cat went down with the injury, we thought, okay, you know, is this going to be a month? Is it going to be six weeks? You, you, you alluded to Cat saying, no, it was a lot more severe and – I think fans were, you know, by someone led down the wrong road. But but in reality, it was kind of like when when a player like Carl Anthony Towns goes down with an injury, it's kind of like, can we just hang in there and be in a spot when he does return? We can make a push and maybe get into that top six or at the very least return to the playoffs, which would have been, you know, kind of the bare minimum going into the season. But, you know, the Edwards thing is just kind of like he's still such a young guy and, you know, so dynamic, you, you just don't know what he's going to do night in and night out. There's just highlight reel. So from purely an entertainment standpoint, he, he's got that going for him. Yeah, he's, he's super entertaining. He literally is worth the price of mission every single time fans come yeah. out. And frankly, also, like, the woman, there's nights where they're without 
Cat and Rudy Gobert, and like you mentioned, Jordan McLaughlin and Torian Prince might be out. So, like, they might be missing five rotation guys, and yet you still feel like they've got a puncher's chance because they might have the best player on the floor on any given night because Anthony Edwards can be that. Um, he's he's been great. He showed a lot of flashes of brilliance. Um, and there have been there's been so much more good than bad. Like there have been a few no shows, but they've been so much more. Really, the consistency has just been there for him, yeah. and I think that goes a long way towards leadership too. Like he's just he's maturing as a player um as a leader a lot of things like it's it's been a pretty quick growth right here in his third season yeah that's well, uh been uh fun to watch him even though there's been some frustrating nights oh <laughs> it, it's just crazy sure. at the end of some of these timberwolves games like monday night um twitter was just just a laugh it was you know who could get the biggest shot in it's crazy but um Chase, enjoy your work. Always good to visit with you. And uh, back-to-back Friday and Saturday night at Target Center against a couple of good teams. Yeah, I think like six home games in the next nine days coming up here at Target Center. So if you want to get out and see the Wolves, now's the time to do it. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Twins Fest Saturday, uh, take the trip across the Skyway to Target Center and catch Timberwolves and Kings on Saturday night. Jay, it's always great. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. There he is, Jace Frederick, covers the Timberwolves for the Pioneer Press, online at TwinCities.com, and joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Quick break, more on the Wolves, once again, back-to-back, Friday night, Saturday night, here on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. Good to visit with Jace Frederick a moment ago about the Timberwolves, and I I wanted to finish with Ant, because, you know, you can get wrapped up and... The injuries and the inconsistency and the bad losses. See Detroit, Houston this week. Um, but Anthony Edwards, um, we we kind of knew that he was a cornerstone guy. And when they needed him most, he's really stepped up. And he went down hard. I can't remember the game. It was on the road. It was in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. It was at yeah. the end of that trip where yeah. they went to Boston, Miami, New Orleans. Zion played that night, and then in Milwaukee, and he went down hard, and it's like, uh-oh, he's played through it. And and granted, he's had to leave games and so on and so forth. I mean, he, he wasn't playing 40 minutes a night recovering from that. But he answers the bell, he's entertaining, and he's turned into a leader, and he's a young guy. I mean, in spite of everything that has gone wrong this season that that's a big thing that's gone right and and that's a huge positive chris oh absolutely you want if you're a wolves fan you want a franchise player you want somebody to be like hey this is going to be the face of the franchise and for the longest time cat had been the anointed one right i mean you know first round pick you know coming you know he's the next kevin garnett you know, we heard, and I know that the games aren't similar, but I'm talking from like a marketing and a franchise guy, you know, centerpiece of the organization. But now you've got Anthony Edwards, and he's so. There's this gravitational pull that he has that I don't think we've seen in this organization for years, just in terms of what's the new saying? He is him. Well, Ant is him right now for this organization and I think he's embracing that role and I think if you just continue to let him go 
let's see what the ceiling is because I, I don't know what the ceiling is for Anthony Edwards, but I think we're going to be fortunate enough to find out. Yeah, and, uh, you know, an all-star appearance is, is part of it. And and I always said this about Ant, is he started his Timberwolves career and there were some nights where it was like, oh, wow, look at this. And then he would take a step back that, you know, developing into a true star in the league or a superstar or a perennial all-star is you bring it every night. And Jay's alluded to that. It's worth bringing up. More good than bad. The the trajectory is correct. And they have needed him because without Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. you know, Rudy Gobert has been banged up. He's been very inconsistent. No Carl Anthony Towns uh, available for a good chunk of the season. You know, the, the Timberwolves could be could be down there with San Antonio and Houston buried in this thing. So the fact that they're 500 coming into the Memphis, Sacramento back-to-back Friday and Saturday night is a, a big part of what, what Ant's brought to the table. Ant wants sure. to be that guy because, I mean, another, you know, it's like, who's the alpha, right? Who's the guy who's going to take charge? I think we're just seeing that natural leadership take over for Ant. I, I, I really feel it. I feel like we're seeing him grow before our very eyes. I mean, there's going to be good and bad with a young player, but I think you can get excited seeing what he brings to the table, and we're, we're only in year three. And that's the thing. Like Some people, some players, they crumble in, in that environment, in that situation. I feel like I get the sense, Steve, that Anthony Edwards thrives wanting to be the guy like you put it on his shoulders he wants to be the one to carry a team and not everybody wants to do that yeah super good stuff from ant let's see uh what the timberwolves bring grizzlies tomorrow night will be on the air at six saturday night sacramento in town one of the big surprises in the nba and our coverage begins at 6 30 pregame show with cal he's on at the half post game as well by the way, uh, Henry Lake following the game tomorrow night, Timberwolves tonight, uh, Timberwolves and Grizzlies. We'll come back. We'll have an update on the weather. Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but snow on the way overnight. The Monday morning commute could be tough. We'll have details in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. It is 8.37, 23 minutes now in front of nine. Waiting moments of the Lake Show. Steve in for Henry tonight. Henry back following... Timberwolves and Grizzlies tomorrow night. Coverage beginning at 6. Tip at 6.30 a little bit earlier. Start on Friday night. I would assume uh, that is television calling the shots on that one. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. You, you are, I mean, of course, television calls the shots. I mean, we, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's right. What was, our te- what was our conversation at the beginning of the 7 o'clock hour? Yeah, television. It's all about the TV money, brother. It's all, it's all about all- TV Nobody the NFL me. expanded the playoffs to 14 teams for TV. Um, anyway, uh, th- this will be a good TV event, NBA All-Star Game. They've gone to an East-West format again. Thank you very much. They announced the starters and the captains. LeBron in the West. Uh, Giannis captains the East. I like that. So, it's LeBron, Steph, Zion, Luca, and Nikola starting in the West. And then uh, you've got uh, 
KD, Donovan Mitchell, Giannis, Kyrie Irving, and Tatum from the Celtics starting in this game. So so I, I can't argue with that. Hopefully Ann has named an all-star in the West. He's very deserving. Uh, certainly put on a good show. So uh, I, I don't have any beef with, with those, those starters at all on either side. I, th- I think it's a good call. Once again, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell moves from the West to the East. Um, so, yeah, I, I got absolutely no beef uh, with that. LeBron James has been banged up, but um, you got to put LeBron in there. Fan vote counted for 50%. Uh, media 25%, players 25%. And, and oh, by the way, one other note, uh, with with LeBron being named captain and a West starter, 19th All-Star Game appearance ties Kareem for the most all-time. That's pretty cool. More than Jordan? Oh, yeah. I have a hard time. I'm still I'm still a Jordan guy at heart, so I'm I'm going to be a Jordan apologist at all times. So well, I'm yeah, just, and it, it, it's it's you know that's it's definitely a it's, it's subjective. Thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, Le- Le- LeBron has earned it. Like LeBron has, if there's one thing LeBron has done, it is. I mean, he might have played more basketball than anybody in the history of the sport, just with the expanded playoffs for the NBA. And all of the success that he's had, and and all of the All Star games that he's played, so there's a lot of tread off the tire. But Le- LeBron absolutely deserving of all of the accolades that he gets. There's no question about that. Yeah, and we'll go back to something that was a big story. It was when the Golden State Warriors sat their their big four going into Cleveland to play the Cavaliers, and I think that stinks. If LeBron is able to play, he plays. And the late Kobe Bryant, and you, you talked about Michael Jordan or even Wayne Gretzky back in the day. I mean, let's face it. There are very few players, visiting players in sport, that sell tickets. Steph's one of those. LeBron's one of those. I, I, I think Giannis is getting to that point. You know, I don't know how many guys there are in the NBA that actually sell tickets. Steph, LeBron, Giannis. Luca. Maybe he's getting to that point. And then, you know, you, you think about back in the day, Michael Jordan, obviously, Wayne Gretzky, back in the day. You could probably say that about Mario Lemieux. Is there anybody in the NHL right now that that sells tickets where you see them on the schedule where it's like, I got to go see that person play? Maybe Connor McDavid from the Oilers? Maybe. Or Nate, 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 in that category. Nate, Nate McKinnon for the Avs. I mean, those are really the only two guys that I can think about. I mean, for, Alexander Ovechkin, maybe? Yeah, and, and I think the NFL, by, you know, generally home games are sold out most places around the league, you know, on the rare occasion where, um, you know, Mahomes would come to U.S. Bank Stadium would make it a tougher ticket. But, you know, I, I think the NFL is a different story in that way. Oh, yeah. Where, where it's such a quarterback-driven league where it's like, you know, maybe once in a time, you know, hey, Jerry Rice and the 49ers, but, you know, they, they, they were loaded. I, I'm just thinking about, and then MLB, you know, in, in Major League Baseball, you know, is is Mike Trout one of those guys where you say, you know, Otani, 
you know, is is Otani one of those now where the Angels are coming to your town and you're going to see a spike in tickets? Maybe. Yeah, Maybe but but see, the, but baseball to me is such a hard game for fans to buy tickets to earlier. And the reason that I say that is if you're looking to see a, a Justin Verlander or a Max Scherzer, number one, you don't know how that rotation is going to set up. Number, right. number two, if you're talking about a Shoatani or a Mike Trout or a, a Bryce Harper or a Byron Buxton, you know, just, you know, Aaron Judge. Yeah, a lot of it, yeah, a, a lot of it, it, sure. it, it depends on the matchup, right? Like, I mean, we're more and more analytically driven, so you don't know what those matchups are going to be and how those numbers are going to shake out, and then you don't know how those are weighed just against the gut reaction by managers. So, uh, but, it's it's to me, baseball is much more of a crapshoot until you get further in the season. But but I circling back around for the rare superstar like Steph Curry in the Golden State Warriors. And and like I say, you know, you can say it's load management, all of this. It's the fault of the NBA. The season's too long. There's too many games. The back-to-back stink. I, I'll, I'll jump in on that. But but the thing about LeBron or, or Michael Jordan or some of these, they answer the bell even on the road when they don't have to because they know they're, there's – there's kids and and people showing it's their up brand. Their it's their brand. Yeah, and and to me that that's commendable. I think that takes an athlete to the next level where they realize, you know, I need a night off, but you know what? These people shelled out their hard-earned money to come and see me, and I I appreciate that about LeBron James. Sure, he's been banged up. He's a human being, but. He generally answers the bell, so I, I'm I'm definitely a, a fan. Now, one thing I'm also a fan of, and and you and I talked about it, and it's worth bringing it up. I'm glad they went back to the East West. Um, it, it, it's kind of like American League, National League, and the MLB All Star Game. Mm-hmm. But the one thing they got to do is they got to scrap these goofy East West unis special All Star Game uniforms. I think a big part of it is, is that these teams, you know, go in and um, the the home team in the All Star Game wears their home uniforms. So LeBron would be wearing his Laker uniform, and Zion would be wearing his Pelicans uniform, and Luca, you know what yes, I'm saying? Yeah, and Ant and the Timberwolves. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that in MLB. Scrap these conference uniforms. Don't you agree? Oh, 100%. Part of the joy when I was a kid of watching the All-Star game, and I'll take the Major League Baseball All-Star game, when the Twins were not good and you had a Tom Brunanski or a Kent Herbeck or a Kirby Puckett, or, you know, Gary Gaetti. You had somebody who had that uniform on, and you saw that uniform as a kid. You're like, that's a, that's my guy. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and it attracted you to that game, and you get a chance to see all of these different uniforms, and it was so different, and it was so fun. 
I wish. Yeah, it's I, like Rod Carew. Yes. Rod Carew trotting out there in a Twins uniform pre-trade to the Angels. It was a big thrill. Yes. As a kid in the 70s. Yeah, so you, like, yeah, you know so you know what I'm talking about. But absolutely. It's, it's all about the money absolutely. now. Absolutely. Hey, let's. Let's get these East or West Conference uniforms because we can put it up on NBA. Or Shop. American American, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's all about merchandising. But here's my question about that, Steve. When it comes to wanting those outside of your hardcore fan, who is buying those specialty jerseys? Like, is your casual fan going to buy? A Byron Buxton American no. League All Star jersey. I, I I think you know you, you brought up Bruno or or Kirby. I I think the clubs, you know, Kirby is introduced as an American League starter and trots out to the first or third baseline, whatever it is, and he's announced. I think that has a bigger impact on the late great Kirby Puckett jersey sale back in the day, you're going to sell yes. just as many. You yes. know, because it's kind of like, that's our guy getting announced at the All-Star game and doesn't, you know, isn't that cool? Yeah. yeah and, I, and, and, I, I can't believe it moves the meter. And, and I can't believe it me, The All-Star game now, it's more about the conference than it is about the player and the team. And ultimately... I hope that Anthony Edwards does get voted an all-star because if he was in a larger market, if he was in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, Philly, Philly, he would be a megastar because he's so likable. He's got, I mean, I know he had that, you know, the, the, the slur that he, I feel like we've gotten past that and he's, you know, atone for that. But I feel like at this point, he is, people don't know what they're missing by not watching Anthony Edwards. They have no idea the player that the Minnesota Timberwolves have. And once he is on a national stage, to me, it's, it's over. Like, people are going to know who Anthony Edwards is, and that is going to vault him into another into another level. That's that's just me personally. So until he is gets that all star recognition, if he gets it this year, and he's on the national stage, I mean he, the world is going to fall in love with Anthony Edwards. Well, and it, it would be even better. It goes back to the uniform thing. He gets in there, gets to play some minutes, and representing is the Wolves. Yes. You know, I, I think it's a good thing for the clubs that have these players in mind. Oh, yeah, this guy plays for the Timberwolves. You might want to check them out, you know, the next time that they're they're on TV. You, you may want to come out and see and, this and, guy and so, yeah. and so much with yeah. town. And so much Absolutely. with free agency. Like, guys are, oh, okay, well, Donovan Mitchell, I thought he played for the Jazz. Oh, he plays for the Cavaliers now. Well, why? You know, it's like Jimmy Jimmy Butler plays in the Eastern Conference. I thought he did he play for Philadelphia. Does he? You know, it's like yeah. you, you know where these players are at now because they're so fluid with where they're at and free agency and everything. So yeah, I I would love nothing more for these All Star games to go back to wearing their team specific uniforms. Yeah, exactly, and not have a lot of trumped up formats. 
just just go out and play. We know it's an exhibition game. Give me four quarters, have some fun, and and we'll move on. So hopefully Ant gets the call. Ten minutes in front of 9 o'clock. We'll put a bow on it in a moment. All the news at 9. John Dickerson after 9. Henry following the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies tomorrow night here on News Talk. E3O WCCO. We're going to get you fired up for the Twins this weekend. Huge sports weekend here at News Talk. E3O WCCO. Timberwolves, Grizzlies tomorrow night. Coverage begins at 6 with Cal. Alan Horton with all the play-by-play. And then on Saturday, we'll be live at Twins Fest starting at 11 a.m. Chad Hartman gets us started. A lot of great guests. Henry Lake's in. Uh, J.D., as I like to call him, J.S. Derosha. Uh, Vanita Sarkar yeah, will you, be you there guys are tight. Well. You guys are tight like that. You're the only one that gets to uh, to call him J.D., by the way. so I, I'm not exactly sure he knows who I am. But I, I'll, I call him J.D. until he sends his cease and desist. How about that? C-A-D-J-D. Okay, yeah, I can't make the connection, but I'll, I'll take your word for well, it. Well, he would send a cease and desist order. <gasps> oh, J.D. Would, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, J.D. Yeah. with a C and D. Okay, okay. <laughs> See what I did there? And, and did it, for Stevie and, and like T. I say, I'm not sure he knows who I am, but... Uh, uh, well, that's all right. He took a shot at me earlier, and I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting in the oh, side. he took shooting. a shot at you? Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's a good sign. At least you're on the radar. Oh, yeah. Getting, getting, getting picked on is fun. Getting yeah. picked on by Jason Duresh <laughs> is fun. I love it. Oh, man, there's no better thing on a Friday afternoon than to get picked on by Jason Duresh. Now, now, get this. Vanita's typically our our starter yes. on the morning news uh, Monday through Friday, but she will close our Twins Fest coverage on Saturday between 4 and 5. I'll pick things up at 5 from the studio and count you down to the Timberwolves and Kings on Saturday night. Then the huddle, Dave Schwartz, Pete Najarian on Sunday between 10 and noon, so we have a lot going on. And then, oh, we'll have a Twins Winter Caravan stop uh, Monday morning on the radio so we got a lot timberwolves twins this weekend big sports weekend and a big thanks to all our guests but i do want to remind you the weather uh one more time before we say goodbye and and i also want to thank chris tubbs our producer it's always so much fun to work with chris uh known him for a lot of years and it's just a kick to be able to sit in for henry every now and then it's it's hard it's hard work isn't it we're like what are we going to do i don't know we'll just wing it yeah, we'll 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 just kick it around and and have some fun. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. Uh, big thanks, Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press, Matt Hudson from the Twins front office, uh, talking about uh, tonight's Diamond Awards and all the other festivities this weekend. Uh, weather-wise, keep an eye on it. Uh, snow moves in overnight. One to two could be a tough, should be a tough morning commute. Uh, temps will rise through the morning and then fall through the afternoon. By tomorrow night, cloudy. Three above Saturday, cloudy nine above, and then a high of only four on Sunday, two on Monday. Uh, keep it here. Uh, we'll have an update on the roads and the weather tomorrow morning with Vanita on the morning news. Steve Simpson in the newsroom here on News Talk. E3O WCCO.